Would you sit and pray with me this morning? I want to read a scripture for you before we get started. In 1 John 4, verse 18, it says, Such love has no fear, because perfect love, it expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we are not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other because he loved us first. And if someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people we can, or, or if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? And he has given us this command, those who love God must also love their fellow believers. Uh, in prayer, we talk a lot about what we do with our hands. There are times when we, we clench them. There are times that we raise them up in, prayer, in praise. And sometimes we lift them out like this in hopes that we might expect to receive from the Lord. And this morning, I want to pray this, this scripture in your life. And if that's you this morning, if you say, I need perfect love to expel fear. Would you join with me in putting your hands out as I pray? Father God, there are so many things in this world that cause us fear, that cause us doubt and shame, that cause us anxieties and frustrations. Lord, and a lot of those things, they are tied to physical, tangible things. And some of them are tied to spiritual things inside of us. But God, your word says that perfect love expels all fear. Lord, and we have experienced your perfect love. Your perfect love that has the power to say fear. You are not welcome here. So God, this morning as we dive into this word, as we look at this new series, God, I pray that your perfect love would resonate within the depths of our soul, within the depths of our circumstance, Lord, and that it would expel the fear that we may, may have given too much warrant to. Lord Jesus, we are sorry for the ways that we try to control things, the way that we can try to control and understand circumstances, Lord, but, but your love, your love, it goes before us, your love, it, it was here before we got here, and it will be here when we leave. Lord Jesus, can your love infect our hearts? And can it expel the fear that keeps us awake at night? Expel the fear that keeps us frustrated. Expel the fear that keeps us from living life in its fullest that you have offered. God, we wait in eager expectation of that. It's in the precious and holy name of perfect love in Jesus Christ, we pray all of these things. Amen. Well, good morning. We're going to get a little goofy to start off, so uh, you've been warned. Uh, we are actually going to start off our new series with a little bit of a uh, contest or competition because I'm a very competitive person and so a little healthy competition really helps me get going in the morning. So um, we're going to have this side of the sanctuary versus 
this side of the sanctuary, all right? You guys get the tech team, you get all of the other people in the back too, because you're a little short-handed, short-handed. <laughs> all right, so if you could kind of scrunch together into, because this is a group effort, so like scoot closer to your buddy, get all together in one little clump of people. All right, so I have already appointed a team captain. Uh, that is Miss Amanda over here with a red marker. And so you guys are the red team, which I think you may have an advantage because, you know, you're like Jesus's blood color. So that's pretty cool. And then over here, we have, we have the blue team with Miss Carol as the, that was better than over there. And you guys have less people. So, you know, I'm not saying, but they have blue. And Miss Elizabeth just said, he walked on water. He walked on water. All right. So what I'm going to do is that I am going to play a song. And it should be a song that almost everybody knows, okay? And I have several, so it's okay. But I'm going to play a short excerpt of a song, and this is kind of like musical chairs. Once the song is up, your time is up too, okay? And what I need you to do is write down the artist that sang that song, all right? And, and, and I heard, I heard the humming. There are no phones loud. So if, if you get your phone out, you will be disqualified, all right? Yeah. We will need to ask for repentance. <clears throat> I'm looking at you, Greg. All right. You, your face is about the color of their marker right now, so you better be careful. All right. All right, so the first song. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Everybody was kung fu fighting. Those kids were fast as lightning. In fact, it was a little bit frightening. But they fought with for me. Yeah. Red team, red team. All right, blue team, blue team. Blue team. All right. Okay. Okay, that's what? Greg? Uh, that does not qualify for points. Okay. All right, moving on, moving on, moving on. Oh, yes, sorry. It was Carl Douglas. All right, next song. I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. Say, the world has come between. 
Something and I'm not making that up. Like, okay, all right, all right. We're. I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you a half a point. I'll give you a half a point. Half point. All right. Next one.
good team. That is so good. Look at you guys. Woo, woo, woo. Blue team. <laughs> what do you guys have? <laughs> you liars in church. Come on, man. All right, all right, all right. It was by Dexie's Midnight Runners. All right. Who let the dogs out? <laughs> Oh, no, 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 no. Hey, uh, that ruined my, my Who let the dog in? Sorry, you gotta run more time. And the girls respond to the call. I have a pool and shelter. Who let the dogs out? seem to have the answer and I didn't want any more cheating. <laughs> All right. Do you have a do you have a no? Okay. What do you guys think? Yeah, yeah. All right. All right, this is the last song and I'm not going to give you very much of this song. Hey Jude. Don't make it bad. Take a side. Hey, what, what song? Who is it? The Beatles. the Beatles. Okay, so what do we got on points on each side? Two and a half. Wait, are you counting that Dexy one? Okay. All right, I got I got one tiebreaker. We we are in it. We have one tiebreaker, and this is what I'm going to say. If anybody gets this right, they will immediately win the entire game. All right. Yeah, and the first one to bring it to me wins. We have a winner. All right. Come grab your guys uh, a mint in reward. It was soft sell. Soft sell. All right. <laughs> wow. You know. It's really good to know that I am not the only competitive one in this church. Also, very terrifying to know that as well. Uh, well, this morning we are starting our new series, One Hit Wonder. 
And you may have known, I thought it was interesting, I put on a song, and you guys know every single word to it, but you couldn't tell me who sang it, right? Like, you're getting it, but you have no idea who it is. And that's the nature of one-hit wonders, isn't it? We know them, we love them. Who in the world sings them, right? I looked up the definition of one-hit wonder, and it said, a one-hit wonder is an entity that achieves mainstream popularity and success for a short period of time often for only one piece of work, and becomes known among the general public solely for that momentary success. And we love these songs. Uh, they are the songs that we all cheer for when they come on at weddings. We love them, we know them, but I think that honestly, if we could be real with ourselves, we live our lives kind of like one-hit wonders, where we have brief moments of momentary success, but maybe it hasn't translated into life-changing um, longevity. And I would argue that we find excitement in brief moments. You find excitement when you accept Christ for the first time. You find excitement when you get baptized, or you gave a testimony, or you read your Bible, and for brief moments, you know that God is who he says he is. But it doesn't seem to change your lifelong goal of being like Jesus. We see blips when God is real, maybe at retreats or camps or conferences, in quiet times, and despite how powerful those moments are, we all go home, don't we? And we have these, this or recognition that our life is not different because of it. So what would it look like for us to go from one-hit wonder to, like, world influencer? What would it go, be like to go from one-hit wonder to my life is forever changed? So over the course of the next five weeks, we are going to be in this series called One Hit Wonder, and I would challenge you to not miss a single week because we are going to be challenging you to some very specific, very practical ways that if you can implement them into your life as a Christian, they will change your lives, they will change your homes, and they will change your futures. So at the beginning of every series, I like to start it with prayer and just ask the Lord, uh, humble ourselves before him before we dive in. So would you pray with me? Lord, this series is probably going to be goofy at times. Lord, it's going to be competitive in nature. God, it's going to challenge us up and out of our comfort zone. Lord, we pray for the losers of this morning's, <laughs> morning's game, <laughs> that they would still be able to listen to these words. Uh, Lord, but in all seriousness, Lord, we pray that you would absolutely have it this morning. God, that we would be transparent with you and that we would be able to see our lives change, not just momentarily, but our entire lives be changed because of it. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning, I... I'm going to give you three steps, and this is a pretty simple message. I'm going to give you three steps to making lasting changes in your relationship with Christ. And I told you that we were done with James, <laughs> but you're never really done with James, are you? Okay, so I'm going to start off with this verse in James 1. It says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Don't waver for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world. 
and they are unstable in everything that they do. And that's really what being a one-hit wonder is about. You're unstable. Uh, you don't have a stride. You may be able to run a sprint, but not a marathon. And Jesus outlines what it looks like to have lasting change. So we're going to be in Matthew chapter 13 for the majority of our time this morning. In Matthew chapter 13, he starts off this way in verse 3. Then he told them many things in parables, saying a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Now, before we read this, we need to have some cultural, contextual clues about this story. Uh, it was very common for people to live close together in a village, in, in our modern-day Palestine. So if I had a farm, I wouldn't live on the farm, because all the people that are around me, they're going to share their food, their crops, their wealth, and we're better together. So if I had a farm and I live, you know, right next to the church, <laughs> me going out to spread seed would be me walking several miles. So think from here to like Austin Bluffs and Academy. And I would walk several miles to put that seed in good soil. Now, it's beautiful because the farmer that travels all the way to Austin Bluffs and Academy <laughs> is a symbol of the gospel. It's a symbol of how the gospel came and it, it, was, it had to travel a long length to plant its seeds. Now, I don't know what you saw when you woke up this morning. You might have seen, you know, two eyes, two eyebrows, a nose. You might have seen some wrinkles. You might have seen some new pimple that you didn't know about. But did you know you are seeds? Like, let, that, let that sink into you. Turn to your neighbor tell them, did you know you're a seed? Yeah, you're, you're a seed, right? You're a seed in, the, in, this, in this context. And some of you guys are like, yeah, they're a thistle seed. I knew that. I knew that. But verse 4, it says, Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. So the first step in making lasting change in your life is get real. Get real. Um, I was doing some research this week on one-hit wonders, and I read an article called why are so many artists one-hit wonders? And it said that they actually did a statistic, and between 1955 and 2005, so 50 years, a half a century, um, only half of the artists that got their song on the charts ever did it again. Half. Only half of the people that produced something worthy of the charts ever went on to do it again. And they go on to explain why. It says, their place in musical history is cemented by the human desire for novelty. Because that's really all they are. A fleeting amusement that briefly entertains enough people to propel them into the charts. And the article goes on to say that novelty, it drives a lot of what we do. Uh, meaning, I don't buy a new t-shirt because my old one's falling apart. <laughs> I buy a new t-shirt because it's new, and for a brief moment, it's exciting. Uh, meaning, I don't buy a new car when the old one's falling apart. I buy a new car when I get bored and sick of the other one. And, and we look for these moments, however brief, of excitement, don't we? Which begs the question, is your faith novelty or reality? 
Is it brief moments of those excitements? Or is it the reality of your life? Jesus goes on to explain these types of people. He says, the seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. Their trouble or persecution comes because of the word, and they quickly fall away. Jesus explains that the depth of your soil and of your roots matter. So you got to get deep. The, this word depth is used in Ephesians, when then Christ will make his home in your hearts. As you trust in him, your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep the Father's love is. And I love that because both of these scriptures, they point out this specific truth, that the deeper the relationship, the more vulnerable you are. Paul says, when Christ makes home in your heart, the deeper the relation, and that's not just your relationship with Jesus, right? The deeper a relationship, the more vulnerable you are. I can prove this in asking you one simple question. Who do you fart in front of? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. We're all human. It's okay. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's your friend. Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's somebody who you really wish they didn't fart in front of you. Um, and why do you do that? Because you're gross, first of all, okay? And second of all, because you have a depth, deep relationship. You are vulnerable with them. And Jesus says, if you are not deep, if you are not vulnerable, then you're probably not having good roots. And the sun, it says the sun comes up, and when it beats down on these plants, it ruins them. The sun in this analogy represents adversity and trials and hard things that we go through, which I think is a beautiful analogy because sun on a healthy plant with healthy roots, what does it do? It grows them. Sun on a plant with bad roots and terrible soil, what does it do? It kills them. In the same way, trials, when we have deep roots in Jesus, it can grow our faith. We can go through something and we come out swinging. <laughs> but at the same way, sun, when there are no roots, it can ruin us. And God says, we have, to, we have to get deep. Vulnerability is required. And so if you feel stagnant in your relationship with the Lord, it's a good question to ask, am I being vulnerable? Am I being vulnerable? Am I being vulnerable with somebody else? Am I telling them all the aspects of me? Am I being vulnerable with the Lord? Or is there a certain level that I don't let him go? You know, Lord... You can change all these things about me, but until we get this deep, that's the stopping point. You know, we can get deep enough to talk about my Sunday morning attendance, but I don't want to talk about what I do on the weekends. I don't want to talk about my relationships. I don't want to talk about my finances. I don't want to talk about my appearance or my opinions or my uh, thoughts and my attitudes. And that, that's... That's shallow soil, isn't it? And the Lord, he wants to go deep. Um, I love, I have a picture of aspen trees actually for you this morning. And I think aspen trees are 
Gosh, they're one of the most beautiful things in all of creation. Uh, how many of you guys go and drive to see the aspens change? Yeah, we all do. We love it. And aspen trees are a beautiful example of this. Because um, aspen trees, you look at them, and they look like these kind of weak, nothing trees. But aspen trees are what we call clonal trees, where it's not a single shoot that is an aspen tree, is it? No, it is multiple shoots of aspen trees that share deep roots and deep networks. In fact, this is a picture of one of the biggest known living organisms on the planet in Utah called the quaking aspens. Uh, and it spreads, one tree spreads 106 acres. And when I look at this picture of aspens and when I see aspens, I see the church. I see people that may not be strong by themselves, but have deep roots in Christ and share those deep roots with others. And what happens is the most beautiful thing that you've ever seen. So Anchor Church, who are you deep with? Are you deep with others? Does somebody know what you're going through? Does somebody know what you carry every single week? And does the Lord? I'm sure he knows, but will you let him hear it? So next one, and some of you guys are going to like this one. You got get stubborn, right? Say that with me, get stubborn. Well, that was pathetic, all right? And get stubborn. There we go, all right. Now, some of you maybe are a little too good at getting stubborn, okay? Um, I actually have a wonderful roommate, Elizabeth, and she is probably one of the most stubborn people that I know and love. And one day, I was sitting in my bedroom, and I'm like looking at Facebook and petting my cat. I'm fine. And I hear something going on, but I don't really know what it is. <laughs> And I get a text from her that says, hey, when you have a minute, could you uh, come out, please, when you have a minute? I said, okay. So I come out, and I can't find her. Like, I look, and I'm like, okay, she's not even here. And I just hear her go, I'm down here. And she is on our stairs. And on the stairs is not only Elizabeth laying down, but a refrigerator on top of her. And I look down, I say, what are you doing? And she said, well, I was bringing the fridge up the stairs. And I said, without me? And she said, I, I almost got it. I almost got it. I just needed to get it around the corner. And I said, okay, but you're halfway down the stairs. And that was the beautiful picture of being stubborn, right? Like she knew she could do it. And she was going to get it done. And later, she tells her mom this story. And her mom says, is Lindsay a patient woman? <laughs> and she says, yes, she is. Uh, but we need to get stubborn, all right? We need to hold tightly to what we think we can do and what we think our God can do. And we say, you know, I got to be vulnerable. But you also got to be stubborn. Verse 7, other seeds fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plant. And there's a few pieces of that that make it important. Uh, in modern-day Palestine, there's these huge uh, thorn bushes that grow up, and they become so thick, so heavy, so pokey, that horses 
can't even get through them. And when you read this, it kind of sounds like, oh, he dropped some seeds inside of those bushes. But that's just not true. Uh, I loved how one commentary said it. He said, the seed, therefore, fell not among standing thorns, but among those beneath the surface, ready to spring up. If you've ever had a garden before, you know this. Uh, when you start a garden and you get to a plot of land, your first step is amending the soil. You got to get down, you got to have dirt all up your arms, you got to get down and you beat it. It's really great for anger management. Um, and you, you beat that soil and you till it and you cultivate it because that soil has been, has been weathered from storms, right? From rain, from wind, from hail. And it also has had traffic, meaning people have walked all over that, that, that dirt before and it is slam-packed. And so you have to amend that soil and you have to beat it up and you have to find out what's underneath it and you have to cultivate it and then something good will come from it. And I would argue that a lot of us, we are planting our gardens on packed down dirt, on dirt that we have never amended. And what comes from that is fruitless. And what comes from that is feeling useless in your faith. Because it matters not what the top looks like if what underneath has not been taken care of. And I find it interesting, take note, that this is not that the soil was bad. It's the stuff that was already planted in there to begin with. Verse 22, the seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth, it chokes the word, making it unfruitful. The thorn, it represents a crowded life. And we'd say, well, my life isn't that crowded. <laughs> but I would argue that we're in a room of people that have endured many things that will crowd your dirt. We are among people that have uh, endured abuse, who have endured neglect, who have endured uh, failed dreams, who have endured loss, who have endured pain and regret. And they're sitting right underneath our soil. And I, I, I'm telling you, this, this one out of the three, to say that it sucks is the understatement of the century. Because getting, getting deep, getting stubborn, it, it forces us to do some things. It forces us to come face to face with some of the most painful things in our history. It forces us to be face to face with the people that have walked all over us and the people that we have walked all over. But let me tell you what, until you amend the soil, nothing's going to come from it. And so you gotta get stubborn. You gotta get stubborn. You gotta believe that he who started a good work in you is faithful and he is going to finish it. And you can't just clip those stupid weeds out, no. You gotta get down and you gotta pull them out. And you gotta say, I will not stop until every weed is out of this stupid soil. And, you, and if you get in there and it's not deep enough and you still see roots, guess what? You're going deeper. Because we gotta get stubborn. Lord, I will not finish this 
until I have gotten all of this junk out. Because that's when, it, when we flourish. That's when we expand. That's when things get real with Christ. And I love how the Amplified Version puts it. He says, The ones sown among the thorns are others who hear the word. Then the cares and the anxieties of the world, the distractions of the age, the pleasure and the delight and the false glamour and the deceitfulness of riches and the craving and the passionate desire for other things, they creep in and choke and suffocate the word and it becomes fruitless. You got to get stubborn. Thorns, they reference a life that is crowded with what is underneath that surface. And this verse lists them. He says, worries and appearance and money and cravings and past hurt, the people that have let you down, the people that you have let down, unless you deal with them, you will continue to have a ceiling of how far you can grow. You got to get stubborn. We don't get out weed rackers. We can't just mow them over. We got to pull them out. And we got to commit to pull them out again and again. You want growth in the long haul? Then you got to stop letting what grows around you steal the nutrients. Let me tell you what, your life, those weeds are not deserving of what comes from your life. Next one. You got to get growing. One of the worst things that I see in my line of work is, is people that do all of the hard work and then they just stop and wait. They just stop and wait for something to happen. But you got to see what happens next after you've done this hard work. Verse 8, still other seeds fell on good soil <laughs> where it produced a crop. A hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear it. Verse 23, the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop, yielding 160 or 30 times what is sown. And the parable says once you get real, once you get stubborn, get growing. You have been given freedom, and that freedom is not meant to be wasted. Galatians talks about this in chapter 5. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Let me tell you what, guys. If I want to make a lasting change, let me tell you. If I cultivated the soil, if I pulled out the weeds, <laughs> if I planted the seeds, if I watched them, if I covered them up when there was a hailstorm, I, if I endured all of the spiders of my garden, which, terror, um, and I didn't get a single tomato out of it, I'd give up too. I'd give up and call it quits, because this isn't going anywhere. So once you have gotten real and vulnerable and said, Lord, this is where I'm at, once you have gotten stubborn and you say, Lord, I'm getting these weeds out no matter how hard it is, you got to get growing or else you will be a beautiful, wonderful pile of opportunity with no fruit. Who does that? Who's like, hey guys, you see out in my yard? I got a really healthy pile of dirt. <laughs> right? 
You wouldn't believe. I cultivated that dirt. That dirt is healthy. <laughs> that would be laughable. But how many of us are doing the same thing? Look, look at my life. I love Jesus. I got it together. Look at that life. Go. Nothing's coming from it, but it's, it's there. We got to get growing. And so this morning, I'm going to invite the worship team up, and I'm going to invite you to take a posture of prayer this morning. Um, we do this almost every Sunday, uh, where the altars are open, where if you want to bow your heads and close your eyes, you can. If you want to kneel where you're at, if you want to go to the back, you can. But as the worship team's getting set up, if this, is, if this re- message has resonated with you, would you take on a posture of prayer with me right now? So go ahead and do that. This morning, I want to I ask where you are on this journey. If you are a Christian, if Jesus is alive and, and active in your life, um, you will be at one of these three spots. And maybe it's at the place where you say, I need to get real. I need to be vulnerable with somebody else. Or I need to be vulnerable with God. Maybe... You're at step two, where you got to get stubborn, where life has dealt you some pretty terrible things. And you have got to say this morning, Lord, I am going to continue to amend this soil because you have a plan and a purpose for it. And maybe you are at the end and you have gone through the healing, but you are not unleashed and you are not growing and you are not serving and nothing's coming out of your relationship. So this morning, as I lead us through a time of prayer, with all heads bowed and eyes closed, as I get to the location where you are in this journey, I would ask that you'd simply raise your hand for two reasons. One, because I want to be specifically praying for you in this journey. And two, because sometimes it just takes us owning where we're at (laughs) in a physical and real way. So, Lord Jesus, you see us. You see us on this journey this morning. God, you see us exactly where we have been and exactly where we are going. God, you know the things that keep us where we are. Lord, you've been with us on the mountaintop experiences. Lord, you were there when we got baptized. You were there when we received you for the first time. You were there when we went to that retreat or that conference. But Lord, if we're honest with each other, you haven't been there every single day. So God, this morning, I want to acknowledge where I am in this journey. Lord, and uh, scripture says in James that when I draw near to you, you draw near to me, Lord. So God, this is my act of drawing near to you and saying, this is where I'm at. Will you meet me here? God, for those of us in the room that are at the point where we need to get real, would you raise your hand with me this, in this time? For those of us that say we need to get vulnerable, Lord Jesus, I ask that you would give these folks, a heart to be vulnerable again. 
to let you infiltrate any part of our hearts again. God, to let you into the places that we have protected. God, and to also let our friends and our family into those places, those trusted individuals. And if we don't have those trusted individuals, God, would you place them in our lives? Would you point them out? And Lord, would you bring them to mind even right now? Jesus, for those of us that are at the second point, where we say, I need to get stubborn, would you raise your hand with me right now? God, there are things in our past that are painful. There are regrets that we carry even into this space. Lord Jesus, through the power of your Holy Spirit, God, would you give us the stubbornness to continue, to continue to face, come face to face with those hard things and to lean into the process of healing that we might be made new. Your word says that you have life in its fullest, guaranteed with our name on it. Lord Jesus, can those folks that raise their hand continue to walk into that? And lastly, for the folks that say, I need to get growing, do you raise your hand? God, you are calling your children out. You are calling them to be a people unleashed with unabandoned hearts to serve your kingdom. God, where are you calling us? God, what gift do we have that needs to be shared? Will you bring it to our hearts? Lord, what countries do we need to go to? What people do we need to talk to? What are the ways that you want us to be unleashed? Lord Jesus, we want to be unleashed. And we know that it requires the work. We know that it requires healing, Lord. But we want to be stewards of this gospel that you've given us. That our lives would not be our own. Lord, that, that you would move through us. Lord, and that our, our worlds would be forever changed because of it. God, we don't want to be one-hit wonders that maybe had a great season, but never changed the charts forever. Lord Jesus, we don't want to be the no-names. We want to be like the Beatles. <laughs> we want to change things forever. God, for those folks that raise their hands, Lord, I pray that you would place and you would remind them of the dreams and of the calling that you have placed on their hearts and their lives. Lord, and that they would walk into that and continually live that out. God, we love you so much. It's in the precious name of Jesus that we pray all of these things.